Stand by one second. We're having some. Okay, now the recorder's playing. I was wondering what was going on. It is play by play on KLEV. We're off to a rocky start, but we're going to make it happen over the next 90 minutes. I was wondering. He, my man hit record and nothing was recording, but whew, Omaha. Blaming me already. Relax. No, I'm blaming me. <laughs> I, I should have had it set up. We're over here talking about other stuff. and But anyway, it's play by play here on KLEV. We've got a fun show coming your way. In the next segment of the show, we're going to Brody Williams, South Lafouche High School boys basketball coach. They're about to play the core holiday invitational over at E.D. White and Central Catholic. We'll talk with Brody about some plans for his team. Um, and then at noon, we're going to have uh, just a regular old plain Jane talk segment where we'll be talking about some New Orleans Saints. You've got uh, news of Sean Payton perhaps wanting to come back to New Orleans, perhaps wanting to come back to New Orleans with Tom Brady as his quarterback. We'll bounce that off of Coach Kyle, who doesn't like Tom Brady. We'll get his thoughts on that uh, talking point, which uh, surfaced yesterday. At 12.15, we've got Taylor Griffin for his Wednesday interview. At 12.35, oh, 12.40, we've got our mailbag, which will open up then the bottom of the show. We've got our betting picks for what should be a fun 90 minutes of sports talk yesterday. We had several games around the state of Louisiana that were played, um, including some games of local interest in boys basketball on the boys basketball scoreboard. We had Dutchtown get a 48 to 46 win over St. James. St. James is playing pretty well this year. They uh, they fall yesterday to Dutchtown, but that's a 5A loss, only a two point loss, 48 to 46. East St. John over the Sam Houston tournament gets a 59-53 win over DeRitter. So the East St. John Wildcats get a non-district win, polishing themselves up for district play. Uh, let's see. We also had North Shore defeat Thibodeau 69-59. Thibodeau falls to North Shore yesterday. That's over the Plaquemine tournament. Coach Tony Clark told me yesterday that they'll now today play David Thibodeau over at the Plaquemine tournament. So Thibodeau falls uh, in a matchup there with North Shore. Ellender over at the St. Thomas More Sunkiss Tournament. Ellender gets blasted. Newman puts it on him 75-56. to 56. The Patriots, um, it's just been a struggle. It's been a struggle. They've not been consistent throughout the course of the year. The Ellender boys fall 75-56 to 56 against Isidore Newman. Then, let's see, we had uh, Iowa defeats Westgate 66-48. to 48. Westgate having a rough start to the season. We got Patterson beats West St. Mary 66-42. Not a surprise there. The Lumberjacks are exceptionally good. St. Charles Catholic, boy, talk about a football score. St. Charles Catholic defeats Notre Dame 31-20 over the St. Edmund tournament. Talk about a low-scoring affair there. And that wraps up our boys' basketball scoreboard from results yesterday. Thibodeau, what's up? Looks like uh, Thibodeau, according to the LHSA site, played North Shore and North Side. I, I don't understand. I I think it's just North Shore. Uh, I talked to Tony yesterday. I, I maybe I'll try, try to get some clarity. I don't know. Maybe they logged in North, but the scores like almost identical. Um, I don't know, but anyway, they do have them listed as losing to North Shore, sixty-nine to fifty-nine, and also North Side, sixty-nine to fifty-seven. I think they only played North, North Shore. Shore. Yeah, I think they only played North Shore. I'll confirm that with Tony uh, during one of the commercial breaks. On girls basketball, there was a game that I was actually at yesterday, which was a district game between uh, two 5A powers. Destrahan gets a 53-39 to win over Thibodeau. <clears throat> really weird game. Really, really weird game. Thibodeau was like in control in the first half. Then the second half, Destrahan just decided, you know what? 
You guys aren't going to be in control of this game anymore. And Destrahan gets a 53-39 to win. They ran out. They got in transition. They smothered the Thibodeau offense. The outside shots stopped falling for Thibodeau in the second half, and it allowed the Wildcats to get a win over the Lady Tigers in district play. Um, but it was a showcase of two really good teams. You could tell Destrahan had a lot of talent, and certainly we know what Thibodeau brings from seeing them a couple times this season. E.D. White gets a 50-19 win over Erath. That was over at the Vermilion Catholic Tournament. Good win for Coach Nixonak and his team. St. James gets a 48-35 win over Riverside Academy. Good win for them. Then let's see. St. Charles Catholic falls to Ben Franklin 65-34. Hanson Memorial defeats Catholic of New Iberia 29-17. And Ascension Catholic puts it on West St. John 77-10. So those were some girls' basketball results from last night. Today... Told you about the core holiday invitational over at E.D. White and Central Catholic. Today we've got, uh, in at E.D. White, we've got South Lafouche and Terrebonne at 4.30. That'll be a rematch of a game a couple of days ago but that the Tigers defeated the Tarpons. At 6 o'clock, you got H.L. Bourgeois and Vanderbilt. At 7.30, you got Lutcher and E.D. White. Those games are all at E.D. White. At Central Catholic, you've got at 4.30, Assumption against Homa Christian. At 6, Berwick against Morgan City. And at 7.30, Brule taking on Central Catholic of Morgan City. So six good games across the two gyms today. I'm looking forward to seeing Lutcher and E.D. White. I think that'll be a really good game. It's our, our lot of team, our lot of people's locally first look at Lutcher this season. E.D. White's going to be disciplined. They're going to be sound. That'll be a fun matchup. I think we'll learn a lot about both teams tonight at 7.30 when Lutcher takes on E.D. White. Yeah, what about uh, Berwick and Morgan City? That that that's two teams uh, the Tarpons will be facing pretty soon, and uh, Berwick's been winning a, a few games. Yep. And Morgan City with, with a new coach coming in, and kind of kind of curious to see how uh, how they're going to look early on in this season. But uh, I think that that's going to be a a game uh, where the Tarpons have a, a lot of interest in watching. Berwick has six wins on the season. They're six and four. Um, they lost to Terrebonne just by 14. That's not a bad result. They put it on Covenant Christian, <clears throat> put it on Hanson Memorial. Uh, their last game was a win against Hanson Memorial in a second matchup that was actually pretty close. So Berwick is playing better. Um, and you're right, now taking on Morgan City, that'll be a big rivalry matchup. Morgan City's been kind of hit or miss to start the season. They started off really slow, but they've been winning a few sprinkled in here and there as of late. <clears throat> so that'll be a fun matchup. You're right. That one's over at Central Catholic today. And uh, Tarpons are getting at least a PowerPoint either way based on the result. Um, but they should learn a little bit about two future opponents in that matchup. Yeah, and you know, the schedule uh, <clears throat> going off uh, last year also and, and this year, uh, the teams that you're going to play later in the tournament, they're not, they're not in the same gym as you. So it's, it's impossible pretty much to go and scout like the game before to, to see what teams you're going to play. I think we could all agree probably the big dog in this tournament would be Bruley. They are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 1. Their only loss is to Plaquemine. Um They've got some big wins this season. They have hammered South Terrebonne, hammered Assumption. They are going to be playing today against Central Catholic, the host team out at Central Catholic, so that'll be a fun matchup. Bruley takes on the Tarpons tomorrow. Man, they're always very well coached. They're always very disciplined, but they're also very talented. And how about this matchup to close the tournament on Friday? 
Brule taking on Vanderbilt over at Central Catholic. That'll be a lot of fun between two really, really good teams who are off to a really, really strong start to the year. Yes, uh, an athletic team in Brule going against Vanderbilt, uh, well-coached with, with guard play, who uh, they like to run. Brule can score the basketball. Uh, that could be a very high-scoring game. Vanderbilt and Bourgeois today. Um, Bourgeois is trying desperately to turn it on. Vanderbilt is off their strong start to the year. But Leon Veal has been open and saying, man, our schedule hasn't been the toughest. Yeah, they do have a win against Mandeville that they got a couple days ago. But their schedule hasn't been the toughest. Bourgeois has challenged themselves and has played close to some pretty good competition. But lately, it looks like that bad record is kind of weighing on them pretty heavily. Now, Last Friday, they did play South Terrebonne in a home game that was kind of forgotten about. No one really talking about it, and they hammered them, 57-34. to So maybe, maybe the Braves are going to play with a little effort, a little oomph, and try to get one against Vanderbilt today to maybe jumpstart their season. You, you just know that Bourgeois will get better as the season goes on. There, there's just no doubt uh, they're young. Uh, Coach Cayouette does a great job with those guys. So they're going to get better and better as the season goes on. And that, that game could be a, a, a good game, I think, uh, today. And we'll, we'll see if uh, how far Bourgeois improve. Yeah, no doubt. Let's catch a commercial break. When we get back out of the commercial break here on Play by Play, we're going to go to Brody Williams, South Lafouche High School boys basketball coach. We'll chat with him about some things he hopes to see from his team over the next three days at the Core Holiday Invitational over at E.D. White and Central Catholic. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll be chatting with the coach on KLEB. And welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Justclair here. We go to the phone lines for the first time today and have South Lafouche boys basketball coach, Coach Brody Williams, on the line. Coach Brody, good morning, man. How are you? Doing good, Casey. How y'all doing this morning? Good. You guys are approaching uh, three games in the next three days at the Core Holiday Invitational over at E.D. White. You got two games at E.D. White, one game over at uh, Central Catholic. It starts today with a matchup against Terrebonne, which is a very quality 5A opponent, a team that you faced couple days ago uh and and fought hard but came up a little bit short what are some of the things you guys are hoping to get accomplished over the next three days over at ed white yeah hoping uh you know obviously to get some wins and uh get back closer to the winner's column and um but more importantly looking just to you know play as a team and uh get get better going into you know the later the latter half of our uh our season the second half of our season and uh clean up some of the things that we've made some mistakes on in the first game uh, against Terrebonne and some of the mistakes we were making earlier. Uh, play better defense is one of the major keys and uh, kind of spreading the wealth and playing team basketball and offense so it's not all one guy uh, doing the show, you know. So um, uh, we're going to be challenged to play some very quality opponents. Uh, Terrebonne, they're very good. Brule, uh, I think they only got one loss this season. And Berwick, you know, they they have, like, I think they're six and four. So some very quality opponents. It's going to be uh, tough uh, every game, but I'm looking forward to the challenge. How was the holidays for the team? I know that, you know, the kids are probably, let's be honest, not wanting to be at practice. And, you know, they, you know they, they're wanting to do other things. And But you guys got to work, and you got to work hard and try to get better. What were the holiday practices like for your crew? Yeah, to be honest, I don't think they were that great. Uh, they need to be better. Uh, last practice was better than the ones before it. Um, but the, the practice leading up 
right before Christmas, right after the terrible game, we had a practice. It was more of like a film session and a very quick, maybe hour-long practice. And then we came back this week uh, on Sunday, Monday, and uh, yesterday. And uh, to be honest, you could tell they, they, it wasn't well, – not Sunday, sorry, Monday and Tuesday. wasn't that uh, – that much energy that you could tell their 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 heads probably wanted to be somewhere else and wanted to do something else, but kind of talked to them and said, "Look, we we got, you know, we got an opportunity to get back into the winners' column and and to make some noise and 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 get some momentum going into our uh, second half of the season and getting into district play eventually. Um, you know, a lot of teams right here. This is where they get you know make or break. They either fold or they they get better and they start winning some games. So. Um, that's a big part of uh, you know what we got to do going forward, and we we got to keep getting better, and, and can't get in that rut of uh, of not wanting to be in practice. Remy Bethencourt uh, was a big challenge for you guys in the first matchup with Terrebonne. His size was causing some problems, but then also they were penetrating. You guys kind of help off, and then they're just kind of dumping it to him at the rim. How do you guys better limit that today and keep him out of rhythm? Yeah, we. Um, we just gotta be a little more physical with them in the post, and you know we we're gonna have a different little a, a different plan going into the game. Uh, you know, a lot of teams. Well, I'm not gonna give it away, but a lot of teams try to front and 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 they get the lobs over the top. So we're gonna try to combat that a little bit. Um, you know, we uh, we just gotta be a little more physical and and like honestly on his first shot he doesn't make the first one a lot it's when he gets the you know second third opportunities off of offensive rebounds and so a big key is to box him out so at point blank range a lot of times he misses that first one if we could just box him out and get him out the lane be a little more physical with him not fouling just more of a presence with our body um i think we can we can limit him a lot more than we did uh in the in the first game for sure Brody, three games in three days, that's tough on anybody, much less a team that only plays five, six guys on a regular day. How do you make sure you guys are, are keeping fresh and, and keeping all your legs uh, ready to go? Yeah, but you're going to see a lot more guys getting some playing time this uh, this weekend for sure. Um, we, we're going to have to. We, we won't be able to play just five, six guys. We, we're we going to get a guy with our bench. and I think some guys are uh, ready or not. They, they're going to have to step up. and I think some guys are going to flourish and then we're going to find hey that guy can play and then i think some of them you know we might be like all right we need he needs some more work um but they're going to be challenged and they uh, they're going to get a, some of them are going to get a shot and that they produce and they're going to play and um you know one of the big things we're going into this weekend like i said earlier is team basketball you know we, we got to put the guys on the floor that are going to uh play a team ball and not play individual ball and then and they're going to want to play for the betterment of the team you know and uh that that's on all ends of the floor: defense, offense, uh, and the special teams part of the game, where they have you know based on the bounds, things like that. Um, you know, I told them this weekend: you know, if, if you we we're not going to be able to just roll the ball out and and win. We're going to have to go in with a plan every day. We're going to have to be uh, willing to execute the plan. You know, I can't go in your head and think if you see what you're thinking. You got to be willing to execute the plan, even though it might be a little bit of an unorthodox plan. Uh, we got to be willing to execute it because, you know, we're going to put you in positions to, to win the game. But if we just go out there and we don't execute or we just refuse to do the uh, the plan, then it's going to be a long weekend for us. So uh, hopefully we can play a little more team basketball, play some better defense, and, and play for each other. 
a coach coming off of uh, the injury uh, with Jacob Curall, is he good to go? Will he be available over the next three days? Yes, he's all good to go. His ankle's uh, good. He said it feels great. Uh, I think it was just a slight tweak. It wasn't nothing structurally uh, wrong with it. Okay, good deal, man. Look, one of the things that is, is so interesting is, you know, I've seen almost everybody in the district play now. I've seen Ellender. I've seen clips of Vanderbilt. I've seen you guys. I've seen South Terrebonne. I haven't seen Lutcher yet. Haven't seen Morgan City yet. And that, yo, whatever it may be. But it feels like there's no clear cut like top dog. There's no clear cut favorite. It feels like when you get into district play, it's going to be wide open. So you know, out of this little uh, tournament break where you're getting closer to that, man, I'm sure you guys are trying to make the point of emphasis. We want to start playing our best ball like right now because it's it's all there for us. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's kind of what I was touching on earlier. You know, this is where teams kind of fold, or you know, we had we had that middle threshold right now. You know, four and six, we're not quite in the winners column yet, and uh, you know, but it's you could easily turn it around and get to back to five hundred or or plus one, or or you can easily get to you know four and nine, four and ten. But even if that does happen, if we would go down. Around this time, if you if you just start saying, "Oh, whatever, our record's not good," and you know we're not winning games, and you just start checking out, well, then it's going to tank. But the good teams, you know, trying to talk to the kids, the good teams have a little more character to them, and they 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 persevere through that and they push through the adversity. Uh, I remember one year we were when I was uh, with Coach Kali, and we I think we started like 0 and five or 0 and six, but then we ended up winning, you know, five in a row. And that you know that that's just how it happens sometimes. Sometimes you play a lot of quality opponents, and then you get some breaks where you might be able to get a few uh, a few wins, or sometimes you'll get a win on a quality opponent that you weren't supposed to get. You know, you're underdog, whatever it might be. Uh, but if we start coming into practice with their own attitude or going into games with their own attitude, then it's going to tank real quick. And uh, I think we got to turn it around. You know, starting this weekend and then going forward, uh, district's going to be a lot of fun because it's going to be. I think it's going to be awesome close games. Like you said, there's no clear-cut, uh, you know, top dog. Everybody's good here and there. Everybody can play. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be down to the wire in a lot of games. You guys are in position right now in the power rating numbers. You're in a pretty good spot if the playoffs started today, you'd be in. Do you pay any attention to that? Man, I, look, I've been in the locker room with you guys. I know when Coach Colley was there, boy, we'd be stressing and writing numbers on the little uh, grease board and – do you pay much attention to that now that you're the head coach? You guys are currently number 25. Yeah, I have not uh, paid attention to it yet. I usually start paying attention to it more in January uh, as it gets a little closer. Uh, I haven't looked at it. I mean, I think Coach Carls, we had mentioned to me, look, like a couple weeks ago, we 26 or whatever, 27. And I'm like, I'm not worrying about that yet. There's a lot of basketball, you know, left to play. Um, you know, maybe after this weekend and, and going into January, we'll see where we stand. Um and the powering is after that. Sounds like a winner, bro. Thanks so much for the time, man. We'll see you at some point over the next couple of days, all right? All right. Appreciate it. Thank you all. Yep. That is Coach Brody Williams with South Louis High School Boys Basketball. They've got a tough one today against Terrebonne and then a very tough one against Brulee. And then, boy, you can't sleep on that game against Berwick, as we talked about, because they are up and coming. So three challenging games over at the uh, Core Holiday Invitational. And really, it's a it's not a bad spot, you know. If if you lose to Terrebonne, they're going to win twenty games. You lose to Bruley, they're going to win twenty games. 
Berwick is one that you probably would like to get under your belt. Um, but neither, none of those games would be like catastrophic, you have to win them or your ranking is going to tank type games. So it's not a bad situation to be in. Yeah, and it's, it's a tough tournament. To uh, You know, you got some quality teams and you're traveling three days in a row. They've been playing five, six kids, so that that's gonna that, that takes its toll on you. Just like you know, you can relate to summer league, where yeah. you, you you traveling those three days or two days, and play, uh, you play a lot more games in, in, in summer league, but you're still playing a good bit. And um, yeah, so hopefully he can get some of these younger guys in and give them some uh, some experience because you never know down the stretch if you you're gonna need your bench or not to to win you a game. No doubt, we saw that against Terrible. You know, Jacob Curo rolls an ankle, and it, yeah, it, it's um, you never know when you're going to need somebody. Um, man, I wanted to go back and, and circle back to the Destrehan and Thibodeau game that I was at yesterday, um, because Destrehan did get the win, fifty-three to thirty-nine, and then I see that they opened district losing to East St. John. So, what does that tell you? East St. John's probably really damn good in our local five A district. Then you look at Destrehan's schedule, and you see. They beat Ellender by 30. <laughs> um, then you go and see, well, then they also lost to Vanderbilt by 20. So what does that tell you? Probably tells you that Vanderbilt's really, really good, playing at an exceptionally high level. Our 5A district, we've got Thibodeau, who's probably the lead dog amongst the Bayou teams. But I think all of the River teams are good. East St. John, I think, is good. I think Destran's exceptional. Hanville's really good. The river's probably ahead of the bayou in terms of our uh, girls' basketball, at least, because, man, Destrehan had athletes. They were just spreading the floor, just get out of the way. We're beating you off the dribble, getting to the rim. And then they did such an excellent job of whenever they got to the rim, threw up sometimes a wild layup, but they would crash from the baselines and go get the rebound, put back. They're really good. They're going to be in contention. They tell me Hanville's just as good, and as we said, East St. John. Uh, is playing well. It's going to be very, very tough for our Bayou teams in the 5A district. Yeah, and you can't forget about the Trojans. That's right. Central Lafouge. They, uh, they much improved from last year, uh, winning a few games. And I don't know when Central and Thibodeau play on the girls' side, but that, I think that could be a one heck of a game. That will be the first time January 17th. So that one's coming up. That'll be, you're right, that'll be a good matchup for the Lady Trojans, and the Lady Tigers. Let's catch a break when we get back. Tom Brady's coming to New Orleans. What? Coach Kyle and I are going to talk about the rumors of Tom Brady perhaps joining Sean Payton in New Orleans. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back with a little football gossip in the next segment of the show. All right, let's have some fun. We got Taylor Griffin coming up at uh, 15 after, but... That leaves us about 10 minutes to talk about some very interesting conversation, which broke yesterday um, in the NFL. But first, before we do that, let's thank our sponsors, and then let's let you guys know that today's actually a really fun college football day. Uh, Let's thank the Blue Boot Foundation, Bent's RV locator on Highway 90 in Boutique, Southland Dodge in Homa, Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. Um, I want to send some congratulations to them, Travis and Leslie. They recently announced yesterday that they purchased a, let's see, I'm going to make sure I get this name right, a business location on 300 Belanger Street in Homa, which will be called Bloom West Boutique Beauty in Full Bloom. Congratulations to Travis and Leslie on that purchase, expanding their uh, business endeavors into Homa. 
Neo's small engine. Dufresne Building Materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. And a reminder, Saturday, join us on Saturdays at 10 o'clock for the Sports Corner, presented by Terrebonne General Health System with San Gravel and myself for the latest in local high school, college, and professional sports. From your local sports experts, that's presented by Terrebonne General Health System and sponsored by State Bank and Trust Company. My guys, State Bank, representing State Bank today. Um, Go see them at one of their many locations. They were silly enough to allow me to be their spokesperson. (laughs) 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 No, we're kidding. We we, we certainly appreciate them. Today's a big college football day at 1 o'clock. Central Florida taking on Duke at 4.30, Kansas and Arkansas. At 7, Oregon and North Carolina. At 8, Texas Tech and Ole Miss. So, like, we've had to endure about a week and a half of, like, really crappy bowl games. Now we're starting to get into the stuff that people will want to watch. Like, I actually want to watch Kansas and Arkansas. I want to watch Texas Tech and Ole Miss. Oregon and North Carolina. Hey, North Carolina's got the big $5 million quarterback everybody's trying to buy off, and Oregon's got Bo Nix. Like, that'll be entertaining. Today, for the first time in the bowl schedule, it's going to be not just football on the TV that you just put playing you know, blindly behind whatever you're doing. Today will be stuff that I'll actually be like paying attention to when it's on the TV. Yeah, yesterday we had Oklahoma State. Yeah, that and, wasn't bad. And they got whooped. And Mike Gundy told uh, the reporters to uh, don't be an ass after the yeah. game. <laughs> Whenever they asked about his, uh, his coaching changes, Mike Gundy's a clown, but... Yeah, we, we, we're getting there. Tomorrow, we've got Oklahoma and Florida State, Texas and Washington. Like, we're starting yes. to get to where we need to get in the bowl schedule. And then, of course, we've got the playoffs coming up and LSU and Tulane and everything in between. But, as we promised you, we got to talk about the New Orleans Saints here because there was a report yesterday in um, Pro Football, I think it was Pro Football Insider. I'll, I'll get the source for you in just a second. But the rumors are that... Sean Payton is eyeballing a partnership with Tom Brady, which we've kind of known for a while, right? Like, that's something that's not a very well-kept secret. They've been trying to team up for a while. They tried to collude and get to Miami kind of illegally last year. (laughs) So the question then becomes, where can Payton go that Brady will go? Dallas, now they're not getting rid of Dak to get Tom Brady. Sorry. Los Angeles Chargers, they're not getting rid of Justin Herbert to get Tom Brady. Denver, they're anchored by Russell Wilson. They can't. That can't happen. So the reports now are that the only place that this will be feasible is New Orleans. Tom Brady is a free agent at the end of the year. He could go wherever he wants to go. Brady could just slide back into his old seat. They could exile Dennis Allen. They could sign Tom Brady with some salary cap space. In theory, it could work out. Now, I have a lot of concerns about this. A, what would Tom Brady's salary be? I'm not willing to pay him $30 million on a one- or two-year. Like I'm not willing to cut a lot of my veterans or whatever to bring this dude in because I think he's starting to slow down a little bit. In the last three games that he's played, he's thrown six interceptions. He's not seeing the field as well. He's not willing to get hit anymore. So you have to dink and dunk and do some short passes. And most important, I don't know that he's willing to receive coaching anymore. He doesn't get along with any of the coaches that he's had over the last three, four years. So as you're seeing this, 
on one hand, it's like, ah, you got to be nervous. But on the other hand, he's won seven Super Bowls, has been to 10. If he wants you, it's kind of hard to not want him back when you got Andy freaking Dalton as your quarterback. So what are your thoughts as you're seeing the rumors and the whispers? How realistic is this? Now, pro football talk says, oh, it's a, it's a poorly kept secret. This is something that's a possibility. Mike Triplett says, nope, Dennis Allen's coming back next year. Which side do you believe? Yeah, I Poorly kept secret because maybe they wanted it out there. Yeah. To to get, you know, his name back in the mix and stuff. And I just I do not see it happening. Uh, why would Sean Payton want Tom Brady for what, one year? Uh I can see him I can see Brady wanted to come to the Saints because quite frankly the Saints defense had him frustrated the last several years. Now he won uh the playoff game when it counted. He won the two games this year, but he's never uh, torched them. He, yeah, he had him frustrated. Uh, so maybe he didn't want to come with the Saints and not face that defense. And but it just to me, it it does not seem like Tom Brady is having fun playing the game. He's frustrated, uh, yelling at the defense, his coaches, and it, it just uh, I, I just I don't see it happening. Uh, I don't see Sean Payton coming back as head coach to New Orleans. Could he possibly come back as a coordinator? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I don't think he would want, but I mean, can, I, it, it, let's say, okay, the Saints lose to the Eagles and beat Carolina last game of the year. I I just don't see them getting rid uh, uh, of, of Dennis Allen. Now, if they play horrible the next two weeks, possibly. But, um, I just I, I can't see taking one year off and coming back to the same organization you just left. I, I, I don't see it happen. I don't see it either. I do think the infatuation between Peyton and Brady is real. I do think that they do legitimately want to partner up somewhere and that if they could find the right situation, the right opportunity, they would try to make it happen. I just don't see a spot. Um, like we talked about Denver, you're not getting off of Russell Wilson. He's going to be your guy. Dallas, they're not moving away from Dak. You know, the Chargers are probably not going to be available anyway. Justin Herbert, you're certainly not getting rid of him. He's like 25 years old. So you got to find a spot that you think you could win right away, and that's going to be available. And there's just not very many opportunities like that around the league. I guess you could say New Orleans would maybe be one of those if you had the right guy, but I don't know that he's much better than what they have right now, man. I, I, I just... I don't know. I just don't know how much there is left. Look, maybe maybe Tampa Bay's coaching is just terrible, right? It's a first-year coach there left with uh, – maybe the coaching there is just not very good. Maybe the offensive line's beat up. They're without three offensive line starters. Maybe there's a little more left in the tank than what I'm realizing. Last year, Brady did throw for more than 5,000 yards. Maybe I'm being too hard on him. He had 43 touchdowns last year. But this year, I don't see the same oomph, and I just – I'd be a little nervous about this if I'm New Orleans if – and assuming that uh, he would want a big $30, $40 million commitment because I don't want to have to cut guys that could be part of your future to bring in a guy who's going to be there for just one year, two years at the most. And, and if Sean Payton does go back to New Orleans, Mickey Loomis has to be gone. You would think. Because, I mean, well, it was out there that they didn't get along that last year or so. So why would he come back to that situation if Loomis is still there? And, again, you get Brady for one year, maybe two, 
Uh, he's not the same quarterback as he was a few He's years 47 ago. Forty-seven years old playing uh, quarterback. Ju- just look at the deep ball he's throwing. He he's not connecting a whole bunch on those deep balls, and I just uh, I, I don't see it happening. And uh, as a Saints fan, I, I I really don't want to see Brady in New Orleans. It would be very very funny to see all the people that have been dog cussing him for the last decade go right to the gift shop to buy jerseys the second that he committed. I know you wouldn't be one of them, no. but there would be a lot of them who, oh man, Tom Brady's trash, most overrated player. He ain't the go. Drew Brees is better than him. They would be rocking that twelve jersey the first game yes, of the would. season in yes, the dome if he were out there. So that would be something to pay attention to and something that'd be very interesting to see. I don't think this is likely. You don't think this is likely. So, let me pose the question. Where will Brady be next year? Where will Sean be next year? Uh, I, I can see Brady retiring for good. See, I don't think that's yeah. even in the card. I think he's playing. like With, with the family out of the situation, I think he's playing as long as he wants. Then, then where? I mean, uh, you wouldn't think back where he's at. I wouldn't that, think Tampa. I they they say maybe New England. Mac Jones is awful. They say maybe San Francisco, but Brock Purdy's playing great. I I don't know how valued he is around the league. Like, okay, certainly Tom Brady's better than Brock Purdy, right? Um, career wise, it's no question. I think man on man, skill for skill, right now it's better. But do they really want to trade or give up a guy who's like 22 years old for a guy who's 50? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so that's and, where it becomes an issue. And, and one year, maybe two? Can't see him playing three more years after this year. Come on. I mean, I, that's... And look, I, here, here's the thing, and this is what scares me. I actually like Tom Brady. I think that he's, he's exceptional. Uh, of course you would. <laughs> um, we know how this ends, right? He's not going to... His, his career is not going to end with him retiring. His career is going to end heaped over getting leveled by yeah. somebody. And I just don't know how much longer or how many more of those he could take before that's what happens. That's what happened to Aikman. That's what happened to Montana. These got young, the same thing. These guys play until they physically can't play anymore. And he's been taking some shots in Tampa this year that he yeah, doesn't look like he's too eager about getting up for some of the I just am afraid that he'll go to a new situation and, and just it won't last very long. It's not going to be pretty. Well, you know, he's not going to want to go to the Dolphins. No. They, they're killing Tua right now. No, last year that would have been his, his preferred destination. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be maybe New England, maybe San Francisco. If he could get them to clean house in Tampa, maybe. Tampa. Like, could, could you see that? Could you see Tampa moving on from their first-year coach who's look really not doing a very good job, bringing Sean into Tampa? Could you see that happening? Well, that's uh, – never thought of that because I, I wouldn't think Tampa would get rid of their coach. But would the, Okay, now that, let, let me ask you this. If you're the Saints, it's me. I own Sean Payton's contract. I'm not trading him to Tampa. Unless if you give me a bunch of first-round picks, you're not going to my division rival. Like, Would the Saints play hardball and try to block him from Tampa? Yeah, that would be a smart move. And I think you have to get two number ones, at least two number ones, if you get rid of – if Sean Payton goes after this year and take nothing less. And if you can get a player or two in the mix with that, you go ahead and take it. But – uh, so you you set your bar for the Saints, and this is what we want. We're not getting, we're not taking anything less from it. 
and hopefully you can get it. If, if not, uh, yeah, definitely. You don't want to see Sean Payton in the NFC, especially in NFC Not South. in your division, no, indeed. It's crazy, man. If, if Brady plays another two and a half years and he doesn't have any injuries and he plays and he has about the same statistical success that he's had recently, he's going to throw for 100,000 yards, which is ridiculous, man. He's setting records. Look, they always say records are meant to be broken. There are some records that are not going to be broken. Cal Ripken's consecutive game streak, that's not going to be broken. Guys now find excuses to not play. Brady's doing some stuff and setting some stuff right now that I don't know that we're ever going to see broken. His record for completions, his record for yards, touchdowns, like I don't know that we're ever going to see anybody do anything like this ever again. And maybe that's what he wants. Maybe that's what you know, he wants. He, deep down, he wants to set all these records and then get away from the game. But come on, New Orleans. Let's do better than yeah, that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Let's catch a break. We'll ask these same questions to Taylor Griffin, who will be on the line out of the break. It's play-by-play on Kaylee B. We're going to the turtle in the next segment on play-by-play. Whew, the last few times this song is played on play-by-play, it was not good weather to roll your windows down and cruise. But today we finally got it. It's a beautiful day in southeast Louisiana looking out the window. Beautiful sunshine, temperatures in the 60s. It feels good to be outside. Let's go to the phone lines, and we've got Taylor Griffin on the line for his usual Wednesday interview. Turtle, what's good, bro? How you doing, man? Hey, doing just fine today. How y'all doing out there? Great, man. How was the holiday? I know it was your first Christmas as a new dad. Man, that has got to be something that you'll remember for the rest of your life, man. How was it? Oh, man. It was uh, it was really easy because uh, the little guy didn't know what the hell's going on in the calendar, <laughs> so I didn't have to get him anything. But, uh, no, uh, on a serious note, uh, you know, it was really cool. You know, um, all our little family get-togethers. Uh, you know, really spoiling him and getting him all kind of fun outfits and little toys to look forward to in the next few months. So uh, it was a little different. It was special. It was a, it was a fun one. Our basketball schedule is about ready to get hot and heavy. Um, we've got a girls matchup on Thursday between South Lafouche and Homa Christian School. Homa Christian School is undefeated on the season, playing really well. And over the next three days, the Tarpons boys are at the Core Holiday Invitational over at E.D. White where they've got some big matchups there. They'll be taking on Terrebonne again. They'll be playing Brule and also Berwick. Partner, it's that time of the year, and, and Brody Williams was on earlier in the show, and he kind of said the same. It's like it's put-up-or-shut-up time. It's the time to make some hay, start earning some PowerPoints, getting in position, and like when that new year rolls around, you better start playing your best ball or you're going to get left behind. Yep, yep, definitely. Uh, you don't want to – I mean, well, before I jump into that statement, you obviously want to play as hard as you can and try to win every single game. And, you know, you kind of worry, you know, you hope you don't peak too early, but you don't also, you also don't want to save it until right before playoff time or right in the middle of district, you know, like now is the time to really start finding yourself and making sure, you know, obviously every game counts, but, you know, these are, these are the real meaty ones that you want to, you want to win because, you know, it's the middle of the season. A lot of teams have found themselves already. A lot of teams have found their identity. And, you know, everyone's starting to get better. And, you know, you got this crazy holiday schedule and no one's at school. You know, you're practicing it. I mean, I don't know what the tarpon schedule is, but you got teams practicing anywhere from 10 in the morning to 1 in the afternoon. You know, it's uh, 
it's it's a little bit different lifestyle right now, and you got to be able to adjust and really get these you know these holiday tournament games in and just win, win, win as much as you can. Bro, I'm going to shift gears from high school and jump into something that we usually talk about at the end of these segments. Well, we'll talk about it earlier today. The Nichols men are taking on Baylor today out in Waco, a game at 7 o'clock you could watch on ESPN Plus and you could hear on ESPN 100.3 across the hall. The Colonels are playing exceptionally well. We've talked about that. They had a seven-point loss against Texas Tech, a game that they led throughout. Uh, they lost by two against Mississippi State on the buzzer. Baylor's a 21-point favorite in the game. Baylor's been playing really well. I wouldn't be surprised if Nichols covers, and I wouldn't be surprised if Nichols scares the hell out of Baylor tonight in Waco. That's just the type of team that the Colonels are this year. Yeah, man. Uh, the Nichols Colonels are really special. There's, there's just something different about them. Uh, I mean, obviously the last few years have been great, uh, successful for them, but uh, – Man, every year we say, you know, this is the best Nichols team I've ever seen. You know, this is the most exciting Nichols team I've ever seen. But, man, they, they're really special. Like you said, they went on the road against Mississippi State and almost came away with the win. Um, now, do I think they're going to win tonight? Uh, I don't know. That, that would be a hell of a reach. I'd love to see it. I'd be all for it. Um, I, worry, I worry about um, when Nichols goes – into other places where they can't be the bully. Nichols, you know, all the games we've seen them play at home, um, you know, whether it was against, you know, Carver Christian or whatever it was, or Rust College or Trinity Baptist, you know, it was, it was bully ball. It was, it was a walk in the park. It was a forty-point win. It was, it was nothing. But we saw them open conference play against Southeastern, who always gives them fits, who's always a good, tough team. And when Nichols finally got it together, they bullied the Lions out of the gym. And it was an easy win for them. I worry when Nichols faces teams with multiple 6'9", 6'10", 7-footers that are athletic, that can out-jump them, that are stronger. You know, when Nichols can't be the bully, I don't find them to be as, you know, scary of a team to face. Uh, you know, I hope that changes. You know, I hope they uh, they come around. But some of the games we saw them, some of their bigger losses this year, you know, I uh, I worry I worry about them going into Baylor. Do I think they're covered tonight? Absolutely. But, you know, within three or four points in the last two minutes with a chance to win, I'm not so sure. I hope to God they prove me wrong. I love the Colonels, but, you know, I'm just – keeping it realistic in the same breath. Really hope Coach Colch isn't listening right now. If not, <laughs> you know, if he is, I'm sorry. Uh, but, no, um, I think they're going to go in with a great game plan, and they're going to do everything they can leading up to it. It's all about what the players can do on the floor. And if they don't block out and keep guys off the boards, it's going to be a tough night, you know, going up against bigger, stronger, more athletic guys that can bully you, which is just something that – the Colonels are not used to facing. That's what worries me. But uh, either way, go Colonels. Let's talk about the ridiculousness of the NFL right now because there are rumors and whispers that Sean Payton is trying to maybe maneuver his way back to New Orleans. And the reason why he wants to maneuver back to New Orleans is because he wants to team up with Tom Brady, who is 
likely going to leave the Bucks in the offseason. He seems kind of disgruntled there. And frankly, that's kind of the only realistic spot where they could kind of match up together. What are your thoughts? Coach Kyle and I did a whole segment on this in the last uh, part of the show. I'm nervous about it. He's nervous about it. You'd be bringing in a 46-year-old quarterback at the time of next season, a guy who's noticeably slowing down, a guy who's going to be expensive, a guy who's you know, I don't know how much he's got left. Um, it, it just feels like a big risk to take for what you maybe at one or two years worth of production out of. But he is also still Tom Brady. He's won seven Super Bowls and he's been to 10. What are your thoughts as you're hearing the rumors? Do you think that's realistic or do you think that's just a pipe dream that's being started and leaked to the press? Um, well, if it weren't for the rumor we heard a few years ago, I don't know if you, re- you guys remember hearing it, that you know, one of the secret plans was to try to get Tom to come to New Orleans. To, you know, when Breeze was ready, Tom wasn't going to be ready, and he was going to take over. I don't know if you guys remember that rumor or not. I know I read it somewhere. Oh, yeah, no, that was uh, legit, yeah. Yeah. Um, if it were not for that, then I'd say that's absolutely ridiculous. Why would he? He would never. But, man, Tom Brady's been in that Superdome before. Tom Brady knows how crazy football fans in Louisiana can get. He knows what Sean Payton is capable of. He's not an idiot. And, you know, as much as I love cheering against him for so many years of his career, I will wave the flag, I'll lead the parade, I'll buy the Brady black and gold jersey. Please come to New Orleans. I think that would be awesome. I think he does still have a little bit left to give. And, you know, I don't want to dig into his personal life too much. I don't know what in the world was going on with him and and his soon-to-be or current, you know, on-the-way-out ex-wife, whatever, however we want to address her. Um, I think he comes and finds that resurgence. I think he comes and finds that rebirth just one or two years. I mean, you know, there were memes all over the Internet. There were jokes about it. You know, man, Tom Brady literally just was like, hey, who wants to win a Super Bowl? He ended up in Tampa, and look what happened. I mean – why not New Orleans? They have all the other pieces. Yeah, we've been giving Dennis Allen hell all year about how bad of a head coach he is, but, you know, he's a great assistant. That's been proven. The pieces are there. You know, you bring Brady in, you keep Kamara, whereas in the past we were talking about maybe doing a whole, just dump the whole thing and start over, starting with Kamara because he's too much. But, dude, bring Brady in, you keep the important pieces around it, now all of a sudden the defense is happy to, you know, even work even harder because they know that Tom Brady's coming once we get off the field instead of Andy Dalton. You know, it's a complete rebirth and resurgence in New Orleans if you bring him in, especially with Sean Payton. My goodness, like, what a story. What a movie. Why not? Let's do it. Don't you get a little bit nervous just thinking that it'll be Hulk Hogan and TNA or Sting and WWE where it's just like, too late and it's just like the guy that just like it's a great story but it just happens too late but that's what i'm nervous about like i'm nervous that he'll come to new orleans and it'll be rick flair's last match where tom brady will be playing in a t-shirt like rick flair was wrestling in a t and it'll just be miserable <laughs> um there is a little yes in the back of the mind there is a little sense of nervousness there maybe he could Maybe he is finally too old and we get the worst version of Tom Brady ever. Maybe. Maybe that's the case. But, you know what? 
I'm not stating this as a matter of fact, but everyone has their theories, and everyone who likes to talk about conspiracy theories and the NFL being a completely rigged sham that isn't real, I will entertain you right now with these next few statements. Um, the NFL owes New Orleans one big time. Hey, um, now. I, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and the NFL loves to cater to Tom Brady. It's a match made in heaven. This is the perfect time to make up for the no call against the Rams that everyone knows and everyone saw. And week in and week out, we have different reasons to complain about horrible officiating and Roger Goodell, this and that, and the no fun league, this and that. The NFL and Roger Roger Goodell 0-1 to New Orleans. Bring Brady there. Bring a Super Bowl there. Anyone who thinks it's fake and rigged, it's this is the perfect script to write. I don't care if he's 47 or 57. The NFL can make it happen. They owe us one. I got you. On Monday, LSU's playing their bowl game against Purdue. That'll be out in Orlando. The Tigers are 9-4, and four, trying to get to a 10-win season. They're a big favorite in the game. At the same time, Tulane will be playing USC over in the Cotton Bowl. So at the Griffin household, and, and, and you may be working on Monday for all I know. I don't know if you guys are closed or not. But either way, if, if you got... Uh, just one TV. Which one are you paying most attention to? Are you paying most attention to the Citrus Bowl or the Cotton Bowl? Uh, definitely the Citrus Bowl. Sorry, Coach Kyle. I know you're too late. <laughs> oh, boy. Turn your mic off. <laughs> um, so I will be at work. Do friends will definitely be open at all locations on January 2nd. Uh, I'll be doing whatever I can. But if it makes anyone out there listening feel any better, if I do have the time and I could make it happen, I'll probably have one game on my phone and one game on one of my multiple computer monitors at the desk. So I'll try to make both of them work. But if I only had one and it came down to decision time, yeah, I'm going with the Tigers. I've been following them closely all year. I mean, you're talking about a guy who did – make-believe snow angels on the field after Alabama. I'm not going to miss their bowl game to watch Tulane. I got you, brother. Look, let's talk some WWE. Uh, we're inching closer towards the Royal Rumble, but before we talk about any of that, did you watch the Ric Flair documentary on, on Peacock? I started it last night, watched about half of it. I will most surely be watching the other half today. The first half that I saw is excellent. Have you seen any of it so far? I sure did. I watched the whole thing beginning to end on... Was it the day after Christmas? Monday, December 26th. Yep, that was the day it came out. Yep, yep. I watched it that day. Uh, It was awesome, man. It was, I mean, we've seen multiple Ric Flair documentaries on on multiple, you know, outlets and channels and whatnot. And a lot of the stuff we knew, but, man, it was refreshing. Some of the stuff we didn't know all the details about. You know, it it was cool to get different points of view from his daughters, Megan and Ashley, well, Charlotte, you know, whatever you want to call her. Uh, It was cool getting his refreshing point of view again, retelling those stories and maybe being a bit more candid and a bit more just wide open about it. Uh, I thought it was an awesome documentary. Anyone who's ever been any sort of a wrestling fan at any point in their lives, uh, I mean, you can't ignore the greatness that is that was and still is rick flair uh awesome documentary i recommend it to everyone 
Don't you just think that he's reached a point in his life now at 73 where, you know, he's almost died multiple times and, like, he's made peace with WWE. Like, don't you just feel like now, like, he just doesn't give a crap anymore? Like, but I listen to his podcast and he goes off on everybody and he's trolling everybody. And then in the documentary, I think you're right. I think he told the truth and was more honest than we've ever seen him before. I think at his age, he just doesn't care, man. He's going to just tell you like it is. And it's it's refreshing to see him have that peace in his life. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's not quite the grumpy old man who, you know, doesn't care what slips out of his mouth at Thanksgiving with the awkward cousins and whatnot. But he's just, yeah, he's the peaceful, you know, I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to be upset about. I have nothing to regret. I lived it. And don't blink because you might miss it. I still live it. I'm still the man. He still somewhat lives his gimmick, you know, in documentary, spoiler alert, they talk about, you know, the the last most recent times that he almost died and just so much alcohol and such a close call and the doctor saying, you know, 5% chance to live or whatever it was, whatever ridiculous thing. You know, he was in ICU for like a month and a half or something like that and he still drinks every day. <laughs> not quite like the animal he used to be, but he's like, I enjoy it. You know, if golf almost kills you, you're going to stop playing golf. You know, he cracks these little jokes. Uh, you know, he's just, he's just simply living. I, I think he's one of those guys that just the way he's wired, the way his heart and his liver and everything operate, if he stops doing all the things that almost killed him, he's going to die. So, you know, you got to die of something. And he's, you can't kill bad grass. I mean, I, I don't know how else to put it. He's uh, I love his open and honest take at this stage in his life. And, you know, I hope we get at least 10 more years of him just being the man. The Rumble is a month away. I'm not going to ask you again who's going to win the Rumble. We've done that ad nauseum. But I am going to ask you, what the hell is a pitch black match? Because WWE has announced that at the Rumble, there will be a pitch black match in a cross promotion with Mountain Dew. Um I mean, it feels like some Bray Wyatt stuff to me, but what do you think that is, man? Obviously, if they're going out of their way to promote it this early, they're going to try to make something out of it. I, I have no idea. Uh, like, as far as I know, all kind of what you said, all they have is a sponsor, but they don't have rules or wrestlers yet. Like, what did did I miss something? Did they did they did they clear up? all the questions because I'm totally clueless on this one. Yeah, it does sound like it's got Bray Wyatt written all over it, but is this going to be, you know, some some Hollywood theatrics where they film scenes kind of like that Undertaker and AJ Styles match we saw a few years ago? I mean, I'm I am just as clueless as you, man. I'm it sounds it sounds fun. It's interesting. It's enough to make sure I tune in and that you know they did their job they they got me i'm curious i'm definitely gonna watch and i don't even know who's in it uh last question before we let you go um man you know it, it what are we going to do about the the roman reigns situation there are talks of you know they're going to split the titles up there are talks that you know, now Cody came back on Monday night and did an interview, and he said, "Hey, man, I'm done with AJ Styles. I want to win the championship." Like, they're planting a bunch of seeds in a bunch of different directions, and I think, honestly, I think they're probably unsure. I think they're waiting to see 
which seed sprouts the ripest fruit, and that's where they're going to go. And maybe that's what's the most exciting is that we're this close and we still don't really have an idea of how it's going to go. Yeah, um, as we've seen and as we've heard and as we've learned over the years, uh, yeah, your suspicions could very well be true. They probably don't know what they want to do either. We've learned in documentaries, we've learned in books, we've learned along these years, like, that might be a game-time decision the day of. Like, they're probably going to make that decision four hours before the cameras start rolling, how they're going to do it, who they're... You know, they might know who they're going to use, but they, they might. I mean, I I don't know. Uh, I'm clueless there. I would love to see the whole storybook, you know, Cody Rhodes wins the Royal Rumble and beats Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Now, for what title, in what sort of, what kind of match, in what capacity, you know, all those things, it's so up in the air. And as we talked about in weeks past, you know, why not have Sami Zayn come along and possibly win? I would love to see the title split. Why not have, you know, the Usos or someone turn on Sami Zayn, alienate him from the group. He comes and challenges for one title because he's only on one show a week, and then Cody Rhodes challenges for the other one after winning the Royal Rumble. I don't know, man. It could go in so many different directions, but... Either way, it's it's super exciting and super intriguing. And even if, you know, you're just a super casual fan who only gets together to drink beer with your buddies because somebody's got Peacock and somebody's got WrestleMania on once a year, like, dude, now is the time. Here's the season. It's full-on WrestleMania season. Now's the time to start tuning in and seeing the buildup because these guys really are money. These guys are interesting characters. They're they're very exciting. It's um, it's a good time to be either an old or new school wrestling fan right now. Uh, I'm definitely going to be tuning in weekly at this point to keep up with the story. Good stuff, Ponda. Thanks so much for the time. We'll see you soon, man. Yes, indeed. Y'all have a good day. And as always, go Tarps and God bless America. Yes, sir. That is Taylor Griffin doing an excellent job. As always, love chatting with him about some wrestling. You get some WWE here every Wednesday at 1240. Uh, the Rock may be soon coming back. We'll try to figure out what they do with the Royal Rumble. We've got a pitch black match announced for the Rumble. Who knows? It'll be crazy to see what they do. Let's catch a break when we get back. We'll open up the mailbag. I've got some mailbag questions that will get answered, and then we'll also get our betting picks to wrap up the show. It's play-by-play with one more segment coming on KLEB. We've got one segment left. We want to thank Taylor Griffin for the time. Who else we had? Brody Williams. I also want to thank Coach Brody for the time. Going out, see them over at E.D. White, the core holiday invitational. I was had plans to go out there, but i got to do a Nichols game tonight, so don't know how that's going to look. Uh, I, I may still get out there. Um, we got our mailbag questions. If you got a mailbag question for me, get it my way. I'm at Casey underscore just there on Twitter. We're at Kaylee B Radio on Twitter. I'm Casey Jisclair on Facebook. Kaylee B Radio on Facebook. Jisclair Casey at gmail.com is my email. And if you're a friend, shoot me a text if you've got a question. The first question comes from a listener who wants to know, Casey, how do you think the LSU men's basketball team will do in SEC play, which actually begins tonight? The Tigers are taking on Arkansas tonight. At the PMAC, Arkansas is one of the best teams in the country, the number nine team in the country. They're traveling to Baton Rouge. Arkansas is a four-point favorite in the game. 
I think LSU will win about half of them. I think they'll win about half the conference games. Uh, I think they play 18, so maybe 8 and 10, maybe 10 and 8, maybe 9 and 9. I think they'll win some. I think they'll lose some. I don't think they're that strong this year. They were 11 and 1 in non-conference, but they were narrowly beating some teams that they probably in other years would beat by 10, 15 points. Tell you this, um, if you're a fan of a basketball team that just competes, LSU plays hard. They they give you everything that they've got. Coach McMahon's got the buy-in from his group. Just don't know if they've got the talent. And right out the gate, they're going to find out. Arkansas tonight at Kentucky next week. Uh, so right out of the gate, they're going to find out. But I think they'll win about half of the games and probably make the NIT just miss the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think LSU's top uh, first like four or five games are teams in the top 20. Doozies. All some doozies. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. You got Alabama. Game. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. Um, a listener wants to know what percent chance does do you give Tom Brady ending up in New Orleans which is the same question we've been asking uh, 10% 10 out of or 1 out of 10 I guess or 10 out of 100 however you want to slice it up one uh, about 10% I think that Brady will look to probably try to stay in Tampa and just get his people there I think that'll be his first option Second option, look outward, and if he's looking outward, I think he'll look San Francisco first. I think he'll look New England second, and then if he's out of options, then maybe you could start looking at some other stuff. Retirement's also an option. He's got a big Fox contract just waiting on him, but he says he wants to continue to play. Um, so I think he'll be back, and I would give it about a 10, maybe 7 8% chance, maybe even less than 10% chance that he ends up in New Orleans. Yeah, hopefully it's uh, less than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which SEC team, a listener wants to know, is most likely to win their bowl? It's been a brutal start to the bowl schedule for the SEC. Which one is most likely to win their bowl? I think LSU is going to win their bowl. Um, I think Ole Miss is going to win their bowl tonight. I think Alabama is going to win their bowl. Um, I guess I'll go LSU. They're the one favored by the most. They, they're a 14.5-point favorite. They're favored to win their matchup. Alabama would probably be second. I think Alabama's focused – you know what? I'm not even including them in this because I don't count this as a bowl game. Um, Georgia. Georgia's not going to lose to Ohio State. I would I would put Georgia in there as well. And here's a sleeper, right? Here's one that I could, this can maybe go sour. People are kind of forgetting about them. I think Mississippi State's going to play their ass off in their bowl, the Real Quest Bowl against Illinois. They're only favored by one, but they're playing for their coach, man. Like, they're going to have a Buccaneer logo for the Pirate on their helmet, like, if they could control their emotions, I think that they're going to be ready to go. Uh, but it's college kids. I don't know if they're going to control their emotions. But that's a sleeper one. I think Mississippi State and Illinois, that'll be on the day of the LSU game uh, on January 1st at 11 a.m. That'll be one that I think will be fun to watch. Yeah, that's going to be very uh, emotional. Can they control their emotions? Because that's, uh, that's tough to do. For sure. Yeah, to for go sure. and play after your coach passes like that. And it's so unexpected, too. Like, no one saw this come. It's not like he's been fighting cancer. No, he just just randomly just yeah. died. Um, a listener wants to know, uh, Casey, which team will your guy James Harden be with next season? There are whispers that Harden wants to go back to the Houston Rockets, but I, I don't buy that. I think he's just leaking that so that he could get another contract from the 76ers. I think he looks happy there. He's playing well this season and it's actually playing great this season um Harden is averaging 22 points 11 assists uh six rebounds I think that he's finding some chemistry with Joel Embiid 
So I don't buy the talk of Houston. I think that James Harden will stay with Philadelphia. They played last night. He got 13 more assists. So in the last three games, Harden's got 47 assists. Um, yeah, I think he's going to stay in Philly. I think he'd be dumb not to. Uh, Casey, who's going to be the Atlanta Braves shards? Man, a lot of folks are asking personalized questions about my my teams. I appreciate that. Who's going to be the Atlanta Braves shortstop next year? Um, Vaughn Grissom will be the answer to that to start the year. The Braves lose Dansby Swanson to free agency. Vaughn Grissom is a young prospect who they're going to try to make work. He's only 21 years old. He hit 291 last year in limited at-bats. They're concerned about the glove a little bit, but he's going to get the first crack at it. I think they'll also sign a veteran to try to kind of maybe give him some days off, give him a little tutelage, a little bit of um, mentoring. But I think Grissom will be the first guy that Atlanta is going to turn to there. Here's an interesting one, and you'll like this one. Casey, what does LeBron James have to do, in your opinion, to pass up Michael Jordan as the greatest player of all time? I don't think that there's anything that he could do at this point to pass up Michael Jordan as the greatest player of all time. Michael Jordan won six NBA championships in six tries. LeBron James has been to and ruined so many different situations. He soured on Cleveland, went to Miami, soured there, went back to Cleveland. Now he's in L.A., by the end of his career, he's going to be playing for this team and that team, but he's already saying he's going to play with his son. And there's nothing that he could do. He's not the competitor that Michael Jordan was. Raw talent, size, athleticism, more complete player, I give you all that. But I know this. When it was close late, Mike wasn't losing. And Mike wasn't losing because Mike was taking the ball and shoving it down your throat. LeBron passes out a lot of those situations. He doesn't want that burden on him a lot. He's a little more passive. To me, it's already done. And he would have to win four, five, six more championships. But that ain't happening because he's with the Lakers. They're not even making the playoffs. So, to me, it's done. I don't think that there is anything he could do to catch him. No, I would agree. It's done. And uh, if it wasn't, one thing he has to do is keep his mouth closed and play basketball. Stop worrying about everything else. That's something that we both know is not going to happen. This is an interesting question. It's posed, it says, which do you prefer? Do you prefer writing, photographing, or calling games? Which of the three do you prefer? Um, probably calling games, uh, to be honest. I like writing. I like photographing. And look, there's nothing like getting a really, really cool picture, or writing a really, really cool story. But calling games is a lot of fun. Like I always go back to when we called Thibodeau winning the state championship, like that was, that was amazing. And I always tell people the story of if ever that were South Lafouche in that situation, like I'm going to literally have a stroke on the air. Like there, there, <laughs> uh, that's, I won't be able to compose myself. Um, yeah, it's probably calling. I enjoy all of them. And sometimes I'm doing all three of them at the same time. Um, but yeah, it's probably calling games. And look, that's a great question because uh, I'm, Go swell your head right here because you greeted all of them. Thanks. I appreciate that. So that. That is a great question. I appreciate that. If you guys have any questions in the future, uh, go back and listen. It's uh, at Casey underscore just clear, just clear Casey at gmail.com. Kaylee B Radio on Twitter. Uh, find a way to get the question to me. I do my best to try to get those answered. We've got some betting picks for you guys today, and we will start off with the Nichols game. If I could get my FanDuel app to load up, I'm going to tell you that. It, I'm taking over for Nichols and Baylor. I'm going to tell you the exact number in just a second. Oh, here we go. Over 148.5 for Nichols and Baylor. Baylor's going to score on Nichols. 
Nichols uh, is very good on defense, but Baylor scores on everybody. But here's the kicker. Nichols is going to score on Baylor, too. I think that those teams will play a game where Baylor's going to score about 88 points. Nichols will score 74 points, and then it'll go over. It's 148 and a half. I think Baylor's going to win the game. <sighs> what the hell? I'll pick the Colonels to cover, too. It's plus 21 and a half. I'll give you over in that one. I think Nichols will cover the 21 and a half for the Baylor Bears and the Nichols Colonels. Tonight in college basketball, LSU, I love you, Chief, but I'm taking Arkansas tonight. I think Arkansas is going to cover the four against the Fighting Tigers of LSU. I just don't think LSU's battle-tested enough. Arkansas is going to push out the ball in transition. The Tigers want to play a slower pace. I don't think LSU is going to be able to score with them. I love Eric Musselman, the Arkansas coach. I think the Razorbacks are going to beat the Tigers tonight. Also, in college basketball, I'm going to give you under 134.5 for Houston and Tulsa. I think Houston's going to smother Tulsa defensively and make the game difficult for uh, for them. I uh, like an under in that matchup. I think it'll be 70 to 50 type of thing and an under. And then in the NBA tonight, I had a few that I wanted to give you as well. Boy, they got some good college basketball tonight just looking at this. Hell, I'll give you this. I think Kentucky minus three over Missouri is a good one. I think Kentucky's going to beat Missouri tonight. So that's a little bonus one. But in the NBA tonight, uh, the Wizards played last night. Against the 76ers, I think they'll have heavy legs. Give me the Suns minus two over the Wizards tonight. Uh, tonight, also, we like, uh, let's go Bucks minus two over the Chicago Bulls on the road. Pelicans are playing tonight. I don't trust that one either way. The line looks about right there. Six-point favorite against the Timberwolves. And then lastly, I'll give you over 233 for the Warriors and the Utah Jazz. That'll put a pin on today's show. Thanks to everybody for listening. One more time, we'll... Rattle off the sponsors, then we'll get out of here on this Wednesday. The Blue Boot Foundation, Bent's RV, located on Highway 90 in Boutique, Southland Dodge and Homa, Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name, Neil Small Engine, Dufresne Building Materials, got you covered for all your roofing needs, Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results, Rouse's Markets Feels Like Home, Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafourche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. Tomorrow, 6 o'clock, join us. South Lafourche will be taking on Homa Christian School. You can hear that one right here on KLEB. That's a girls' basketball game. We're sponsored in part by the Community Church of Grand Isle, Advanced Eye Institute, State Form Agent Ashley Barrios, State Bank and Trust Company, Complete Occupational Health Services, Different Building Materials, Golden Motors, Joe Septic Contractors, Lady of the Sea General Hospital, Industrial Power Systems, Barry Ogeron Insurance Agency, Damian Adams Contractors, Thibodeau Regional Health System, Danos, Rouse's Markets, South Lafouche Bank, Southland Dodge, Rev, Neil Small Engine, and Terrebonne General Health System. Man, what a team of sponsors. We're so grateful to you all for the support of high school athletics. So we're going to put a pin in it. Tomorrow we'll be back. Be recapping day one action at the core holiday invitational. What's up? I just want to wish y'all a happy new yes. year. Everyone happy here, new year, brother. At Coastal Broadcasting. For sure. Uh, and I'll uh, see you guys next year. For sure, man. And Coach Collie will be out of town with the family, so I'll be flying solo the next couple of days. Man, we got to get you retired, dude. It's more fun whenever we get you in here. Oh, I'm ready for it. <laughs> That'll be happening sooner rather than later. Uh, but yes, Happy New Year's to you, brother. Hope you guys have a wonderful time. Y'all take care. Have a great rest of the day. Uh, uh, stick around uh, for Nichols tonight. I'll be on the call tonight over in our sister station, uh, ESPN 100.3, pregame at about 6.50, tip-off at 7 o'clock. 
Colonels and the Bears, and also play-by-play tomorrow. Have a great rest of the day. Adios, folks.